Canva presents stories to keep you up at night. It was an ordinary work day until... The Singapore presentation is at 3 a.m. The office was shocked. <laughs> That's when we sleep. Maya made it less scary with Canva. <laughs> I'll just record my presentation so Singapore can watch it anytime. Record and present anytime with Canva presentations at canva.com. Designed for work. Join Capital Group CEO Mike Gitlin for a new edition of the Capital Ideas Podcast. In unscripted conversations with investment professionals, you'll hear real stories about successes and lessons learned, informed by decades of investment experience. It's your look inside one of the world's largest asset managers. New episodes are available monthly. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Invest 30 minutes in an episode today. Published by American Funds Distributors, Inc. Hi, everyone. This is Pivot from the Vox Media Podcast Network. I'm Kara Swisher. And I'm Kim Jong Unwell. Get it? I'm unwell. <laughs> Where's Kim Jong Un? That's what oh, I want. Where is Snuffleupagus? Brain dead. His sister's running the show. Did you remember how she peeked out? Like when all when there were all those talks going on with Trump, those idiot talks. So I think there's a real chance here, but yeah. if she's single, I'm available. I'd like to be the first lady of North Korea. So I would buy <laughs> a lot of shoes and I'd fire rockets off all the fucking time. I'd be like, where's my rocket? You're, you you would be a first, you would be an excellent first lady. Wouldn't I be the great first lady of North Sadly, Korea? you would. Sadly, I you think would. that would be, that would make for really, that I would definitely get the reality TV You'd show like, I've been looking um, for. Imelda Marcos, I think, right? You're, that's where you're going. That's the that's the genre of, of no, first ladyhood. I'd be I'd be the salsa to Imelda's chip. I'd be the, <laughs> the, I would be. Oh she's my! Still around, I think. I don't think Imelda? she's dead. Yes, I think she is. Yeah, I, I believe she's not dead yet. I Have don't you seen I, my closet? I think I live with her. Uh, no, I can't no, get over women's Marcos. fascinations with shoes. I just don't get it. It's like oh, cocaine. Women, women and cocaine and women and shoes. My son, Special relationship. Insane. My son changes his shoes every 15 minutes. His sneak, he's such Yeah, but that's an investment. That's a real no, asset. No, no, It's the exact same thing. And he well, has to walk slowly so he doesn't crease them. That's the whole thing. He has to walk he, slowly. Yes, and then he wears the yeah, thing inside hilarious. so it doesn't crease. So literally, it's like I'm walking with a with a with a woman in high heels or a little old man. It's like I yeah, I'm nice. I like I'm like he's 10, 20 feet behind me at all times. It's the <laughs> strangest hilarious. thing. So they don't crease. Nothing can get on them. Now he's got t-shirts, a babe t-shirt that you can't get any food on. It's yeah. Anyway, is this the younger one or the older? Yes, one? the younger one. The older the one. one. Could care yeah. less. You could care yeah. less. Anyway, let's get into things. So I'm thinking of applying for a PPP loan, uh, Scott. Well, well, why not? Everyone I else wrote does. about this saying startups shouldn't do it. And what happened? Axios picked one up. Now, I want to know what you think about this, because a couple of media companies did. So most of them were newspapers, local newspapers. But this is Axios, which is a startup funded company, very much, you know, competitor Vox. But Vox did not take PPP loans. What What is your uh, thinking? And also, you're heavy breathing, by the way, today, just so you know. Oh, am I? It's because yeah. we're on video and I can see you, sweetheart. <laughs> Stop it. Let's go. What do you think about the PPP loan? Am I heavy breathing? Wait, yes, do I have chest mm-hmm. pain? Oh, my God, the virus is finally listen, here. Listen to me. Don't okay. joke about right. things like anyway, that. I know, I know. PPP loans. PPP. What do you think about media companies saying, especially startups? I wrote a whole entire column about this. What well, What is your feeling? Axios is a perfect example. I know a lot of the investors at Axios, and they're civic-minded people who are interested in journalism, and they're also ridiculously fucking rich. And if they weren't taking this money, they would have to dig into their own pockets and fund what is, uh, I think, a great emerging media company. And you know what? They would. So all this is, 
Yeah, all PPP in the case of Axios and probably this is payment protect. This is payroll protection plan. Yeah, but again, all we're doing with as we do with every large uh, government action is we're flattening the curve for the rich in this country. Mm-hmm. And there's this cartoon of the single mom who's a cupcake, uh, you know, cupcake bakery owner. The reality is, some of the the wealthiest people in America are entrepreneurs and owners of small business. And we are, this is what we're doing. And Barry Ritholtz wrote uh, a great couple articles on the unintended consequences of bailouts. So a brief history of bailouts, Lockheed, Martin almost went out of business. We came Mm -hmm. in with $250 million. That probably created the military industrial complex where you didn't have to manage costs. We then went in and bailed out Chrysler. What did that do? It did let, it, if we hadn't bailed them out, yes, the Japanese would have taken more share, but it probably would have scared the living shit out of the, the, the remaining big two, GM and Ford, who probably would have come to a more economically responsible agreement with their unions. They probably would have pivoted to smaller cars faster. We probably would have yeah. had less air pollution. And by the way, two of the three went out of business uh, just 20 years later. And then let's go to long-term capital management, where a company managed to turn $5 billion in equity capital levered up 27 fold and then almost bring down, you know, they said it almost brought down the global economy. No, it didn't. It almost brought down a bunch of counterparties. If we hadn't bailed their asses out. Yeah. Now, what is it? What happens when you bail out a company that levers up 27 fold in financial services? What does that lead to, Kara? Quick, quick, bad behavior. Exactly. Moral hazard. And what do you know? The subprime crisis. And by the way, who was the biggest counterparty that got bailed out? Banks. The bailout of long-term capital management? Bear Stearns, who just went bankrupt with leverage in 2008. But listen, we're talking about these these startup companies. Again, I wrote a piece about saying startup companies shouldn't take this money. And Axios is a startup company, just like Vox. And and, and taking this money, they do have investors. Even if they have to get crammed down, they should be focused on their investors. It's quite controversial. I don't know about regular small newspapers, because they don't have, like, a lot of these companies that are supposed to get this money don't have VC investors with piles of money. And I, yeah. I, I'm okay with small newspapers or local newspapers getting it, but startups... They should go out of business, Kara. The, the, the reason, the, oh, the reason why... The okay, reason right, why, okay. I'm not so... No, I'm not so much on the that. The reason but, why... Hold on, hold on. Right. The reason why... The reason why America hires people faster than any nation in the world is because we can fire them faster. And we're creating, this is what we're doing. We're creating one of the, the strongest entities in the world, and that's U.S. small business. And we're taking them from red tail pit mixes. By the way, the red tail pit is a vastly underrated dog. Very friendly, good dog. Right, and we're turning, we're turning small businesses into a bunch of bitch-ass poodles who mommy government knits sweaters for oh who my God. are ultimately going to go out of business anyways. Here's what you need to do. All right, we quickly, because so- we got to get to the big story. We go need, ahead. We need small businesses that are soldiers, not brittle. And when you tell them they can't fire them, those people are going to be fired anyways, or most of them are, because these companies aren't in fighting shape. And the majority of... The majority of people benefiting from, again, this flattening of the curve of rich people in the form of a $600 billion bailout are wealthy investors and owners of small businesses. Yes, $100 billion of this will make it to make it to the right people. The other $500 yeah. billion, do you realize the size of this? $600 yes. billion? Dollars? Yeah, they Here's just Here's an idea, Kara. Here's what? an idea. Let's take half of U.S. households, the bottom medium. That's 50 million households. Let's give them each $12,000 because it's not protection these companies need. These small businesses need need business. demand. They demand. need business. Yeah. So let's business. put $12,000 $12, tax-free. It's like nine or 11 months at the lower median's household income. That will totally, that would be yep. incredible. I stimulus. would agree. Hello, you are so Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez these days. I don't I'm know healthy. what to say. Let I'm me healthy. just say, this is the kind of thing she's talking about. 
Um, protect people, not jobs. Yes, exactly. Now, listen, the Senate just approved $484 billion more. Oh, my the question God. Is whether it's going to get to uh, the right places. And that's, you're right. I think you're right. And I think, you know, Axios made its argument, but they can, they have an availability of access. And if the investors don't believe in them, that's the way it goes. It's same thing if it was Vox, same thing if any, anything like that. It's a tough world out there. I agree with you on that. It, it's certain, but I do think like delis and stuff like that don't have, like that are good businesses do need a, just a tiny little bit of a this, break. This is the psychology everyone goes through. I'm a small yeah. business owner and I do empathize with them. I mean like, oh, right. it's helicopter money. It's free money. Yeah, if I don't take it, my other competitors go out ahead of me. So I, I have my CFO look into it, quarter million dollars, file, get it in 48 hours. That is very tempting. And then I recognize, okay, as indignant as I am, do I really want to be the guy taking government money? And also at the end of the day, all of my investors are really successful, wealthy they people. They can give you money, yeah, they, or if, not. If we get, if we or they get, lose the money they put in you. Right. Put it if in we you. get in trouble, we decide, all right, we all lose money and we go on to do our next thing. Uh, or they decide to reach into their pockets and put more money in. And trust me, these guys have those pockets and so yep. do most of these businesses. This yeah, is good. going to be... It, what just happened with Shake Shack and Axios, you know, unfortunately, they're, they're quite frankly, they're, they're the poster children for this. Times that by... 10,000. Yes. A hedge fund with eight people that's investing in distressed credit and the guy is uh, worth a half a billion dollars. You're going to find out that that he got PPP. Yeah, I mean, yeah. you are going to see so... Free ice cream, Scott. I'm going to move us along. Speaking of... Sorry, of, sorry, of what, that's all right. I like your rant. Do Alexander. not move along, King Jong-un's <laughs> sister. Listen, listen to me, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. First lady listen, of North Korea. While we are in lockdown, Netflix has had the best quarter yeah, in its it history, is. which is probably yeah. no surprise. In an earnings report on Tuesday, they said Netflix now has 183 million customers around the world. Back in January, before the Western world was quarantined, Netflix said it experienced expected to add 7 million new subscribers in the first three months of 2020. It actually added about 16 million. That's more than double. Uh, Disney isn't reporting earnings until the beginning of May, but Disney did announce earlier this month it had more than 50 million subscribers for the streaming platform Disney Plus uh, in just five months after its launch. HBO Max from Time Warner is set to launch in May. I mean, what Netflix acknowledged that a pace the growth was short lived and said they expect membership growth to decelerate as home confinement ends, which we hope is soon. So, Scott, and by the way, Reed Hastings is hysterical in his bedroom and actually has been responding to people about uh, about uh, broadcasting from this weird bedroom he has. So, Scott, um, how do you manage this momentum while it lasts? What while they have it? What would you do? Um and they also created just so you know a hundred million dollar fund to help producers, crews, and filmmakers cope. It extended beyond the U.S., giving away money to film-related organizations in Britain, Italy, Brazil, Mexico, and the Netherlands. What does this list tell you about their global partnerships and reliance on the global creator system? And what does it mean in the competitive landscape? I got to say, Reed Hastings is flawless as far as I can oh, tell incredible. in everything. Incredible. So, including his weird little bedroom. So, tell me, tell me what you think of this, and what do you think is going to happen? Well, it's not, it's not surprising, right? And, but it's, okay, so uh, Netflix, I believe, is up 28% year to date. So they're mm -hmm. obviously accelerating through the crisis. It's, what what do they do? Um, this is a company now worth more than Disney. What they do is they, they either buy Spotify or they start making these massive, super interesting investments as they did in Madrid, where they have hired 10,000 creatives and they're creating content that can be morphed into German and Norwegian mm -hmm. and Ukrainian content really easily. They just slip in into the same sets with the same scripts, different, you know, the the hot the hot star from from Kiev and they make a yeah. Ukrainian version. 
they're the only company other than Amazon. Yeah, they're the Amazon of entertainment. That's what I was just thinking. Hundred percent, because by virtue of the fact that they're, as long as they manage that incredible story they have in concert with this, the that's the peanut butter, the chocolate is access to the cheapest capital in the history of entertainment, and they can keep making these forward-leaning investments. And then the wind of, look, the wind of Corona will eventually subside, and people will hopefully be spending less time in their homes, but they're still going to spend more time in their homes than they did pre-Corona. And you have one company that is just going out and absolutely making such incredible investments. And they're making, if you're if you're making triple the capex of anybody else, and you're just as good or better, which Netflix is, you, you kind of can't compete. So yeah, I they're really I, good. I God, I've been watching guys, mostly Netflix stuff. I have to say, what have you been watching? Just whatever. I watched like a dumb Diane Keaton movie on it the other night. I just even their dumb movies, like but even they're, they're, even their AI. So, for example, if I it's just good, it, it, that's it made me go to it. I don't know why, yeah. and I watched. I ended up watching two it's movies. It's becoming in a row. the home screen for your TV. But if I go to the home screen of Apple TV Plus or Disney Plus. And then you do, we see the same thing. Whereas our Netflix screens are entirely yeah. different. They have figured out a way to incorporate some sort of AI or personal recommendation engine that is just superior, that again, leverages leverages a, a better investment. And by the way, that investment is bigger. So it's a, you know, it's, it's, it's a, it's a rum floater chaser on a much yep. bigger Mai Tai. Yep. I found um, one, one that they had funded this amazing movie. They funded about a kid uh, doing, it was called Troop Zero and Allison Janey was in it. I love Allison Janey. And uh, you know what I was, watched last night? It was great. What? I watched Call Me By My Name. Oh, that's great. You watched that, the peach scene. Oh. Yeah. Wow. And? Those guys are hot. You know, emerging, yeah. budding gay love, you know, trying yeah. to, trying to add, add what some you think complexity about the to the dog. Scene? Look, that movie, the movie, basically, I thought it was boring. Um, okay. but <laughs> gay people the loved, scenes. gay men loved it. It's really Well, good. you know what it was? I, I know a lot of people It was a beautiful movie. It was like a Tom, it was like it was Tom a Ford story. exploded into a movie. And it makes him want to move to Europe. It's basically, it should have been financed by the European uh, I literally thought Europe. the last scene where he's crying and talking on the phone and the guy yeah, can't be yeah, gay was powerful. so powerful. They're very making powerful. another one, apparently, because there was a yeah. book. There was a follow-on book. Um, it would be great if they did. And, and, and guy, Timothy Chalamet. Chalamet. That guy's a tall Timothy. drink of lemonade. Oh, my Yeah, gosh. which one? The, uh, uh, the, the, the guy who was in, one. I'm not going to speak. They're both hot. What are you talking Timothy Chalamet is, is the young one. Young? You can't talk yeah, about that's young Timoth people. No, he's not actually young. Timothy Chalamet is is the dark-haired guy. And tell me, or when you, when of, you have of stock, I don't want to say that it's inflated, but when you have stock that's that is that what I'll call massively fully valued, and now Netflix is worth more than Disney, mm -hmm. you make you take this opportunity to make acquisitions. I think the, so the Spotify. Game, I like Spotify because Spotify on its yeah, own I don't can't, think can't survive. Yes, you, you might you might be right. Or yeah. they're going to make some crazy investments in international production because that's kind of the only place where people don't have Netflix is in Asia and, yeah. and, and Europe. But yeah. that come, you're right. Uh, Reed Hastings is probably, he's kind of the, un, I don't want to call him unsung hero, but everybody talks about I think he's the genius of Bezos and Gates and, and Zuckerberg. He is, he, people will look back and when they look at the environment and the, probably the world's greatest pivot in the history of business. I mean, they were mailing out DVDs. Yeah. I was, listen, he was amazing. I, I think I, I did tell you this. I interviewed him at Sundance. Nobody would pay attention to him. Nobody would come. And I was like, this guy's got onto something. He was so, he's so calm. He's an adult. I really enjoyed talking mm. to him because he's such an adult. And even though they have that weird culty thing and everything, like he really did understand 
He just has an iron stomach to change things and everything. Well, he's not that and interesting. It. He doesn't take dick pics and he doesn't yeah. let Russia weaponize the platform. Yeah, so and we're he not left interested the board of Facebook, speaking of which, getting into yeah, Facebook. I think mean, he had had it. You mean he him like any, anyone else with any integrity? But anyway. I, th- I think he was, I think he should say something about it, but he, I think, I'm pretty certain he had it. Um, this week, uh, Facebook uh, made its largest single investment in a company because it can't buy anything in the United States. It bought something called Geo, which is a big deal. Um, it's in India. The $5.7 billion investment investment yeah. would give Facebook a 9.99% stake in Geo Platforms. Yeah. Geo Platforms is a major carrier of internet uh, and cellular services in India. It is a big deal in India. It's it's yeah. a huge company in India. More than 388 million people in India have been connected to the internet over the past four years through Geo. India has the largest market for Facebook. Uh, I, I, I think it's a large market for Facebook. It's not the largest, but it's one of the largest in the world. More than 400 million people in the country use WhatsApp. Uh, the investment still requires approval from the competition regulators. It isn't Facebook's first attempt to break into the India market. Several years ago, it tried to offer free internet to Indian users in a program called Free Basics, a little controversial. Ultimately, regulators uh, decided that companies could not offer free internet services that favored some companies over others. And a reminder, in January, Jeff Bezos uh, made announcements about branching out into India. He pledged to invest an additional $1 billion in the country to digitize the businesses and spoke of exporting $10 billion of Indian goods uh, by 2025 through Amazon. So as part of the announcement, Zuckerberg posted in the blog, with communities around the world in lockdown, many of these entrepreneurs need digital tools they can rely on to find and communicate with customers and grow their businesses. I, I don't know what he was saying there, but but India, India, this is where they can expand. That's my guess, because they're going to have a hard time buying anything in the United States. Yeah, it just goes to, there's something to be said of the notion of where you really make a lot of progress professionally or from a business, and granted, you have to be in a position to do that, is to play offense while everyone's playing defense. So the majority of companies are drawing up plans to furlough employees or cutting costs. And meanwhile, Facebook's like, all right, let's, we absolutely aren't going to be on our heels. Let's go on our toes. And they're off doing what must have been a very complicated deal with, you know, hundreds of thousands of high-priced lawyers in conference rooms to figure out a way to buy 9.99% such that they didn't trigger Indian regulatory laws. Yeah. But largest sell, the, the guy who owns it is the wealthiest man in India. And I mean, he is he is not afraid. He has levered up dramatically, basically driven down sell costs and, and put yeah. uh, some of the biggest players, including Vodafone, on the on the brink of bankruptcy. And this is really interesting because what this what this appears to be like, and I'm curious if you agree, or I couldn't figure out why they were doing this to take a minority stake in a company. And what this looks like it is, is basically a, a multi-billion dollar investment in an attempt to monetize the 600 million WhatsApp users in India. Yeah. And that That's is, yeah. they, 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 there's something called Geomart that is exceptionally popular among Indian small businesses. And the thinking is, all right. Let's take the small businesses and connectivity of small businesses. Let's put them on WhatsApp and let's try and turn WhatsApp into an e-commerce platform on top of a 600 million strong user base. And then maybe import those learnings to the rest of the world and turn WhatsApp into what is probably could be the next Instagram. And that is drives the real value at Facebook. So I think this is essentially an investment in WhatsApp or the monetization strategy of WhatsApp, which so far has been incredible from a user standpoint, but not from a monetization standpoint. And it also pretends or portends an incredible uh, investment, increase in investment in uh, India. India is about to become 
I don't want to say it will be the next China, but it'll be the next China in terms of capital allocation, because between yeah, coronavirus a, and diversifying your supply chain, everyone's looking to the nearest and, instead of the farthest. And India, you know, they sort of run up against a wall in China uh, in terms of investing the next uh, big market. But India is is somewhat open, although much more controlled and, and, and by the government, you know, and of course, under Modi, it's almost like a... He's sort of a fascist, essentially, um, and, uh, and, and very control. Sorry, but he's very controlling of the media. He's disturbingly controlling of the media and doing all kinds of sounds, really it sounds, nefarious it things. It sounds more palatable when you say una fascista. A fascista. Anyway, uh, he uh, he's an off. Just the stuff he's doing around the media is quite disturbing. So it's interesting that this is where they can go to grow. Now, Uber, you know, was there. It competes with Ola. Um, it's, a, it's a market that's enormous and full yeah. of uh, full of promise. They've got to grow somewhere. Like the kind of, that, that's what I think. They kind of, and their first attempt was was kind of ham-handed with the free basics. And then if you remember, Mark Andreessen made that kind of ridiculous remark about India at the time. And um, But I think this is the way to get in, like the way uh, Yahoo got in long ago, got into China through Alibaba, mm-hmm. um, that, it, you know, they try to go in uh, straight ahead and it's very difficult. Yeah. Um, you know, and Uber struggled there, even though it's done better than um, people thought. I think it's still a strug- a struggling. And of course, that's where they had some, a lot of their biggest controversies uh, previously. But, it, you know, I think this is this has got to be markets that they've got to get into in, in a big way. They cannot buy anything here. Either, neither Amazon nor Facebook can possibly buy a company here. I mean, when you were talking about Netflix buying Spotify, obviously Amazon would be a, would be a contender for Spotify. They can't. Amazon um, even, can't. Even face- I know they can't. That's the they whole can. thing. Amazon they can't. can't. Netflix, Netflix could probably get away with it before raising antitrust scrutiny. But let, let's let's do what I always do. Let's turn this story back to me. Okay. So all right. in the your favorite topic, yeah, my favorite topic. In the early aughts, I went on the board of Gateway Computer after buying or raising money and buying seventeen percent of the company. You were on the board of Gateway Computer. Yeah. <laughs> Talk about <laughs> that, guy. that guy. What was that guy's name? Talk I about remember. the weakest flex in the world, right? I, know, well, I was, was on the board of Gateway. Ted Wait. Ted Wait. Wait. Ted Wait. Yeah. Oh, he was actually funny. a visionary guy. Brought yeah, a ton of jobs to South Dakota. Yeah. Anyway, of a type. Anyway, so, but 30 years ago, if you read a research or an analyst report on computer hardware, uh, there was a real controversy. Half the analysts would have said the Gateway was going to win and half would have said that Dell was going to win. And we know how yeah. that turned out. Anyway, yeah. if you had talked to geopolitical analysts, Ian Bremers of the world, 30 or 40 years ago, they would have said it's a horse race between India and China for the next major right. superpower. because. We like to think, of course, that our unique system is the way to go, that there were more English speakers in India, there were more PhDs in India than anywhere in the world, and they, it's a democracy, so we said, okay, of course, India has to win, and it hasn't, but I wonder if India is about to command the space it occupies. This could be, because when you think about all the capital that was going into China, and then you think about the corruption, you think about corona, you think about the fact that Everyone's trying to diversify their supply chain because look what happens when 90% of your your tops are knit in Shenzhen or wherever. Mm -hmm. And everyone's going to turn, I think, to India. And you also have what is the key asset of any economic growth is you have a lot of young people. And so it's it's going to be it, India is finally probably about to get their due, which uh, which uh, anyways my prediction is around India. We'll come back to that, but it's it, to think about this. Thirty years ago, people India China it was a coin flip over who was going to be the next major superpower. Yeah, exactly. I think it's an interesting country. Have you been there much? I used to travel there quite a bit. I haven't been there. I've never been to India. A year. And, you know, my, my closest friends, uh, and this is technically a racist comment. My my closest friends at Stern. Oh, well, are, please make it then. What <laughs> my closest oh. friends? My closest friends at Stern are Indian. I love mm-hmm. Indians. I'm. I'm you, just, I can't believe you've never been there as someone who 
talks about. I'm media intimidated by it, and you know what? I'm, well, it's, I'm, it's, it's, I'm it's, intimidated it's a, by the my my perception of the incredible poverty, and also of, of uh, well, I, it's I, certainly I, there. I, I worry about getting sick, which makes me a total. Well, that's wimp. also there too. But India is yeah. the largest country. But if you I've can never get sick here in this country, no. Oh, yes, many, point. many, many times, many, many times. I do. It's a difficult country. It's a really interesting mix of totally modern and totally antiquated, and also the poverty is 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 you know I haven't been there in about a year year and a half but you know it's really something to see it's also beautiful and uh so uh, so just uh, life let me just say life in all its forms i don't know how else to put it and um mm-hmm. what's interesting is the modernity mixed with the lack of modernity and so you you'll be watching a tv you know and you'll have you know india um mtv india and it's all like modern and, and you know everything's modern all the cell phone all this stuff and then you'll look up and then there'll be a, a, a telephone pole full of like wires in this way that's just sort of insane the way that it, anyway it's a really it's a wonderful country and there's a lot of you know obviously innovators and i think that um uh What's interesting is whether what that wasn't what that Facebook compelling. is up to. I, I'm, I'm no it's more wonderful. Just go. Just, stop, don't, just go. Just go. It's wonderful. It's a wonderful country. You would like it a lot. Um, uh, but but what's interesting is why Facebook is doing this this way. I think they just need to sort of get in there and 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 grow. I just I don't see it's you know in terms of of having a, a purchase. They need a purchase, and this is obviously an innovative company, so that it's a better one than the the big players. There's a lot of very entrenched players in India, you know, in terms of the companies. Yeah, but what, I, I think though, I think the, the the what the media is missing here. The media sees an investment in India, and it is what what I see it as is an investment in in monetary strategy for WhatsApp. And okay. We'll see. All right. We'll see. All right. All right. Well, it's an interesting purchase and it will be interesting to see what other companies, what other uh, U.S. companies do there. And let's then the- pivot from India. And by the way, let's okay. absolutely take that army hammer guy. I would like to roll with him. <laughs> and a whole and a and a box full of peaches. What do you think? Oh my what do you think? god! Oh, that guy god. is so he is, hot. and he's a good actor, and he's, he's a good actor. Good. He's he's a hot. He's he was really, in that you terrible know, movie with Leo DiCaprio about Edgar Hoover, where they had the worst. Oh yeah, he world. was his boyfriend. He yeah, played his boyfriend. boyfriend. Listen to me. He's okay, also uh, Hammer, the Hammer family. He's um, that's the uh, Hammer family. That, yeah, he's really wealthy too. He's like he's wow. from that family. Well, that's how you go into entertainment. Is you have a rich dad. Well, he's 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 very wealthy. He's yeah. uh, he's and really very wealthy. talented. That guy's very he is. good. He was fantastic in Facebook. He convinced me he was one of two people. <laughs> <laughs> okay. That guy, he's yeah. a very wow. good actor. Anyway, there you, okay, calm down about your new gay awakening, Jesus. Scott. <laughs> All right, Scott, let's go to a quick break and come back to talk about Jeff Bezos taking the wheel at Amazon and a listener mail question. Vacations can be tricky. You already know how to book flights and hotels, but now the only thing you're missing is, you know, the actual travel experience. Because is it really a vacation if you're just sitting around like you would at home? You need a tool to get the most out of your time away. That's where Viator steps in. You can book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. 
Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Did you know the Capital Ideas podcast now has a new monthly edition hosted by Capital Group CEO Mike Gitlin? Through the words and experiences of investment professionals, you'll discover who was their best mentor. What's a mistake they made that changed their approach? And how do they find their next great idea? Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Published by American Funds Distributors, Inc. Okay, Scott, we're back. Listen, Jeff Bezos is back at the helm of Amazon amid the COVID-19 outbreak. It was a great story in the New York Times chronicling that. Bezos has stepped away from day-to-day operations at Amazon. He was doing sort of the big stuff. He was flying around the world and doing Instagramming with his new girlfriend. Uh, He was working on long-term projects like Blue Origin or different things that Amazon was doing. You know, that's what happens. He sort of kicked himself upstairs. Um, In a letter to shareholders, he said, for now, my own uh, time and thinking continues to be focused on COVID-19 and now Amazon how Amazon can help when we're in the middle of it. He also discusses safety measures the company has taken for its Whole Foods workers and says the next step for the company will be testing for COVID-19. Bezos uh, also said the World Health Organization is using Amazon Web Services to organize its data. Um, And earlier this month, uh, Bezos made his first public appearance at an Amazon warehouse, the first one in years, and he posted a video of it to Instagram. So he's in this story was about how he's engaging day to day, every day of the week now on everything from uh, delivering services to worker safety to perception to PR. He's back. He's from his. It looks like he's in Texas. He has a big ranch there, Um, and he's been he's been. Involved now very deeply. So, what do you think about this day-to-day return, which he had, which he had given off to a lot of his executives who've been with him forever, so they know how he thinks. Um, so, what is the optics of this? What are the internal politics? Um, you know, or is it is it is it that the executives can't do the job that they need him there, um, or is it just this is just a natural crisis and it's really important for Amazon, which its stock is you know to the moon right now. So, so we've talked about this and the issues around the workforce, and you've predicted Amazon becomes a $2 trillion company in the next couple of years. Uh, Bezos ended the shareholder letter with a section calling leveraging scale for good. Uh, we can talk about that. So your thoughts on this, on Bezos' back uh, at the helm? It's, it's, you know, it's kind of the basis of good leadership. And in crisis management, you, you know, you say there's only three things you have to remember. You have to address the issue, you have to overcorrect, and the top guy or gal has to be front and center. And this is the, a form of crisis management. And that is when shit gets real or you're in the midst of a crisis, uh, you have to get very involved and put all your plans on hold. And he's done that. And he's very present. He's making decisions. You know, he is, he's a great leader. I think he's going to be probably yeah. go down as, you know, he's the Jack Welch of our generation. A lot of people have decided that Chainsaw Jack and the total focus obsession with shareholder value wasn't a good idea. And Jack Welch kind of set up a kind of a hollow foundation uh, for mm-hmm. General Electric. This this guy, Bezos will yeah. probably, if he had to vote now, who in 50 years will be seen as the as the most dominant business figure of this Bezos. century, it'll be Bezos. And yeah. this is just basic kind of leadership 101. When you're in a situation of this magnitude and this importance, you show up, you put everything, you put everything aside. And he's yeah, done Stop that. buying houses in Hollywood. Stop taking yeah, weird stop, pictures. Yeah, that's right. And, and so it's not, I don't think it's that complex or nuanced a view. It's just that when this is an opportunity when when things, and I think it's an opportunity for every entrepreneur, when you're in a small business, to be really present 
in the business, really visible, call everybody, check in on everybody, and just be all over everything all the time. And that's not to say that you push your lieutenants aside. My sense is he has an unbelievable bench. Uh, but, yeah, they've been with him for, I, you, I, know? Uh, you know, one of them was like, a, like I think uh, the guy who runs, uh, Andy Jassy runs AWS, was like a teenager. I'm recalling, he was very young and he was sort of, they were all assistants, like Russ Grandinetti worked for Mary Meeker. There was a bunch of people there that have been there forever. It's a really interesting group of people. Uh, you know, actually, Reed Hastings had, had a very similar thing where people had been with him for a very long time. Um, he has not left the helm, of course. He, he runs that place pretty much, he, he's still very much in charge there. And Bezos had given it off to people like Jeff Wilkie. Yeah. What do you think his big issues are? Obviously, the safety of workers has been there negative than the safety of workers. And one of the things they were talking about is testing everybody uh, all the time. And of course, that brings to mind, the, you know, a lot of people are telling me these companies are just going to start buying tests themselves uh, and test people constantly and take the take the role that government should play in this well, um, in order. I mean, I think yeah. that's his most glaring problem is these worker problems have always been Amazon's uh, Achilles heel of how it treats workers and how it uh, and it's tried in various ways to pay them more and do the uh, the thing, but it's, there's always this sense that they are they gobble up people um, uh, and 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 are not thinking of their people the most. So I think this is one of their biggest problems. And during a pandemic, it's a way to prove that perhaps you you are better than people think you are. And the second one is this idea that they're so big we can't live without them, and that's that's a negative on uh, when that's this right. ends. Like, so. Yeah, you said, so first off, and this goes into a shareholder letter, and a shareholder letter versus all the previous shareholder letters where it was playing offense and striking a vision, this shareholder letter was, look how important we are, look how nice we are, look how good we are, don't break us up. This was the most disappointing shareholder letter that he's ever put out. And because they're mm -hmm. now, you say, what are their issues? It's, it's actually not Amazon's issues, it's our issues. Because Amazon is marching towards $2 trillion. Unfortunately, they and Walmart have now become too big to fail. The, yeah. the scariest thing that could happen right now is if there were massive outbreaks or just a Cesar Chavez organized Amazon and Walmart warehouse workers and they said, you know what, America, for the next 72 hours, we're going to shut down your your food chain. <laughs> I mean, you want to see you want to see people start to like riot at the Publix and, and the Kroger's if, if Walmart and Amazon have become too big to fail, which is really scary. And the other scary thing and we're seeing with Mayor Bloomberg is. And it's wonderful that he's doing this, but Mayor Bloomberg is now swooping in to save New York and provide contact tracing. And while I right. applaud him for for putting his money to, to civic use and the fact that government now needs to rely yep. on rich people to step in and do our testing and tracing. It's ridiculous. Isn't, isn't okay, in the short run for about a day, we should applaud those wealthy people. Yep. But then we have to spend time on thinking, okay, how do we get back to a state where our government and our fire department can put out fires instead of asking the rich guy down the neighborhood to grab his kids and bring their really nice hose over? We just can't. This is it's it's embarrassing that Governor Cuomo has to put out a press release thanking thanking the Michael yeah. Bloomberg. The kindness doing, of billionaires. The kindness yeah, of billionaires. Pablo, Pablo but, Escobar but, built soccer stadiums, but that meant yeah. it didn't mean that the society was working. All right. So, but, but Bezos here, what do you imagine? Do he'll stay engaged or he'll just swoop in, fix this, and then have to, he will have to deal with these Amazon is too big. I think that that is not going away. I think Trump, of course, has a, has tried to attack him and unsuccessfully. Um, you know, he's done a he's done a very deaf job of 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 staying away from Trump. And in fact, he participated in a recent 
uh, thing that Trump brought together, one of those circuses that mm-hmm. he business circuses we're, that he put together. But what does right. he do? What does he do now? Like everyone's sort of in debt to Amazon for delivering yeah. perfectly. What does he do now? Because it does no matter how you slice it, even if he's good, he's too big. Yeah, look, it, it, I, I've been thinking a lot about what you could do with that $600 billion, that uh, 400 of it is going to waste and will be the biggest scandal of uh, of COVID-19, in my view, in addition to the incompetence of our federal government that has had more time to prepare and yet has managed to figure out a way to have more death and more infection than Spain, Italy, uh, the UK, and China combined. So that will be the biggest controversy is that, as Stalin said, one death is a tragedy. Millions of deaths are a statistic. And because the president has committed such gross incompetence on such a massive level, it's now a statistic instead of involuntary manslaughter. But anyways, having said that, the $600 billion, what could you do with that? So for example, why wouldn't we, there's there's supposed to be 4 million kids showing up for college in the fall, another 10 to 12 million, some form of education in terms of junior college, a bunch more that would like some form of training. Why wouldn't we have a Corona Corps and that is take $10 billion, maybe 15, and have the world's most adroit technologically or technically capable tracing army? And make sure that this thing doesn't come back. Wait, what does this have to do with Amazon? It's a great idea. Well, because, because effectively you can't have... When corporate, a key step to tyranny is when, was when uh, essentially or uh, companies, private power becomes the government. And yep. if they're in charge of testing and tracing, then they're too big to fail. Then they get to make decisions. Then they yep. ultimately and, get control. And delivery, food delivery. They get control everything. of the economy. Then they say, I know I'll buy the Washington Post. And once you get control of the economy and the media, you typically end up taking control of the military. And yeah. the, people running Ger- the people running German industry didn't yeah. wake up in the morning and go, we're going to be evil. But it yeah. led to a very evil place. And this is very scary. And one of the things. Right. Right. It, I don't, I don't feel the like things, Jeff Bezos is going to be running the military, Scott. Pretty soon, okay. No. Ten billion dollar Jedi CIA contract. No, fair point. That's that's fair point, one but he didn't step. get it. He didn't get it. That's in the middle. Yeah, because he, it's they, been politicized. Still, yeah, but there's well, a, where a crisis is a terrible thing to waste. And what the most forward looking investments we could make are one to break up. And I was talking about investments. So uh, the Corona Core one investment. You know what would be the best return on investment we could make right now? What is if we tripled the budgets of the DOJ and the FTC? Yes, agreed. You know that. I'm I'm a damn, but I think that's done. I think that's done. I may have You to think it's over. It. You think it's I done do, as it's going to happen or it's too late. It's too late. They're not going to get to it. They're they're too they're exhausted these legislators and they're not going to get to it. This is the last thing on there. It's moved down from number 2 or 1 to number nine. 12 or whatever. All right, we're going to get some you're right. You're right, but I don't think Jeff Bezos is going to take over the military anytime soon. But but maybe, maybe. Um okay, Scott. But by the way, hear, you're, oh, just real quick. What, we, one, one last thing, I'm sorry. We right. we always forget we talk about this stuff through the lens of politics and business. We forget these people are humans. Jeff mm-hmm. Bezos is going through the mother of all midlife crises. And I went through a midlife crisis, and you know what, Kara? I thought it was going to involve extraordinary experiences, sex with random, beautiful women, right. and an adventure, okay. enjoying the world. And you know what? You know what? what? I was what? right. They're awesome. <laughs> They're awesome. And if I was Jeff I, Bezos, I would continue. I would. He's going to show up for his photo moment. Like he's going to get a bunch he's of breath, romantic. and then he's going to go back to his. No, no, you know what? It's not. It's, it's a different uh, kind of midlife crisis. Than midlife crisis. He's a romantic. Uh, he's a romantic. Anyway, let's. I don't want to talk about his sex life right now. Okay, let's hear where's from the a cam- listener. Where's the phone? Where's the camera? <laughs> let's, let's hear from a listener. Okay. 
you got, you got, I can't believe I'm going to be a mailman. You, you, you got mail. Hey, Carol and Scott, this is Shabani from Cleveland, Ohio. I'm a big fan of the show and listen every week. And my question today is about COVID-19 recovery. It looks like masks are going to be an essential part of the recovery process. Asian cultures have been wearing them for a while now, but they're a relatively new phenomenon here in the U.S. How do you think they'll be received here? Do you think they're going to be utilitarian or high fashion? Is PPE a viable product line for mass apparel and fast fashion brands? And if so, which ones do you think will embrace it first? Thanks so much. Well, this is a good question because I have teens and they're discussing this. My mm-hmm. son wanted me to buy a $50, I don't know, Bape one or Supreme one, and I declined. I declined. And, he, you know, they and my other son has a fashion one. I, I bought them plain white ones, mm-hmm. and this is not going to thing. And they want to wear these masks. It's interesting. Um, uh, last week, Vogue posted a story touting masks to shop now. There's a new subscription company called the themaskclub.com mm-hmm. with licensing deals with Hello Kitty, NASA, and Batman, among others. Masks, like, are a thing. I have to tell you, the teens are, they will not wear the masks I bought them. They have to have, uh, you know, I mean, I think anyone should get any mask. So I think the whole thing is redonkulous. Mm-hmm. Uh, but what do you think about this? Is that is it a business? Will will Americans and others uh, wear them all the time the way they do in Asian countries? Well, as a, as a species, we don't have claws. We're not that strong. We're not that fast. So a tremendous amount of our frontal lobe and cortex is focused on examining our surroundings to make sure something's not about to eat us. Because if something gets near us, we're probably doomed. So we constantly look at other animals' eyes and other people's eyes because someone's not going to shoot you or attack you typically if they're not looking at you. So we spend just so much time focusing on other people's eyes and specifically their faces. And as a result, the face is just an enormous industry. I mean, according to Il Maquillage, it's a $500 billion plus industry, right? So Estee Lauder, L'Oreal, think about how much money and how much time, especially women spent on their face relative to the rest of their corpus, right? Mm -hmm. So if you think about the next kind of big signaling or wearable, it's going to be face masks. And you're going to see LVMH, Mm. you're going to see every fashion company offer some sort of signaling. You're going to have masks that say, okay, I'm cool, I'm edgy. Because when you cover your face, all you really see is eyes. The complexity and nuance of a person goes way down because we like to make... Smiling. Well, and also the reason why we suppo- yeah, transparent masks. Why don't we make transparent? Oh, that's an interesting ones idea because it would probably steam up and just look very strange. But supposedly yeah. we're drawn to people with symmetry in their face and high cheekbones because supposedly those people are less prone to infection, et cetera, et cetera. And people with uh, a prominent Adam's apple, it means they're male and strong because they have a, a mask. Up. I'm much more attractive in a mask. I have to oh, say, I'm like mask works for the dog, as does as does say, the dark. I look kind of no, no, no. I'm not saying the dark. I think I look Face better in a mask. Face or podcast? Face or podcast? No, it's not that I'm ugly necessarily. It's just that like it look, uh, the masks work well on they me. Work, uh, they it's work interesting. Well on you? And especially with the glasses, with the sunglasses, I look the like whole the worst. Thing is, I look like the worst, like extra on Mad Max. I just look. But terrible. this idea of them being fashion for, I just think is awful. But you know, well, a says pl- the person wearing Ray Bans uh, during a podcast. Uh, listen to me. <laughs> I have wear. I have the same shoes since college, so don't even speak to me about fashion. Yeah, yeah, uh, right. But but do you do you think it's an actual business or just yeah, it'll yeah. be a necessity? Anything big? Is it a? Is it no? A big it'll be. Though some companies will emerge that interesting subscription ideas. But what you're going to see is you're going to see you're going to see everyone from Prada to Old Navy. To really cool, yeah, Supreme. Oh. Supreme's a great example. People are yeah. going to pay a lot of money. I'm not buying that mask. A lot of money for a Supreme mask. It's going to be a new 
form of, of self-expressive benefit branding, just yeah. as your but Apple But I want them to wear is. a mask. I'm sort of torn. Like, I want to wear a mask, but I'm not buying that mask. I'll be I'm curious like, of people. So I, I'm we're renovating our house down here in Florida, and it feels like in just the last 48 hours, everyone's everyone's gone from wearing a mask to not wearing a mask, and we're trying oh, to— Oh, no, put, everyone's wearing them here in D.C. Yeah, it's and I feel badly when here. I don't have it on. I have it's it on all here. the time. And uh, and I, when I sometimes take it off when, I'm, when there's no one around, but I can see, like, you know, I agree. There was someone counting masks in San Francisco. Francisco, and only about 10% of people had them on um, when they were relatively close to each other. I don't wear it when I'm not near people, but I immediately have it ready to put on. Um, And in stores here, it's a requirement. And, you know, I've had some workers in a house that nobody lives in, and they all have to wear masks and gloves. And so, and they all do, they all arrive like that, which is interesting. Um, I think it's a a good trend in general. And I think I'm going to keep wearing masks after this, even, I'm going to keep, I'm an an advanced person. I'm an advanced age person. I'm going to keep wearing masks. All right. Also, I look good. All right. Anyway, we're going to take a break. Uh, thank you so much for your, I oh, hope yeah. Cleveland's Shobani doing okay. Cleveland. Thank you. Your your governor is pretty okay, even though I'm not uh, not in the DeWine. GOP. DeWine. DeWine is pretty decent. He's yeah. pretty, he seems good like a man. sensible fella, unlike the mayor of uh, Las Vegas. Anyway. Oh, all right. my God. Can you believe? Uh, we'll talk about that in a minute. We'll talk about that, that in a minute. Shit? I, she's insane. She's insane. And Anderson Cooper, like, literally did the best job of interviewing. I have to give kudos to him for that. Um, all right, Scott, we're going to take one more quick break. We'll be back for predictions. I predict she's not going to be mayor of Las Vegas for too much longer. This episode is brought to you by State Farm. You've heard it before. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. But it's more than just a tagline. Because State Farm agents are small business owners themselves who live and work in your community. And if you're in the market for small business insurance, who better to work with than an agent who understands what it takes? State Farm agents can help you create a personalized insurance plan that fits your small business needs and budget. Talk to your local State Farm agent today about small business insurance. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Support for this podcast comes from Constant Contact. If you're a business owner, you already know that it's really, really hard to cut through the noise of everyday life. If you want to connect with your customers, you need to break through the noise. You need Constant Contact. Constant Contact is a marketing platform that makes it easy to reach new audiences, grow your customer list, and connect over email, text, social media, and more. Whether you're a marketing guru or just learning the ropes, Constant Contact offers writing assistance tools and automation features that make it simple to say the right thing at the right time. So get going and start growing your business today with a free trial at ConstantContact.com. Just go to ConstantContact.com right now. Constant Contact, helping the small stand tall. ConstantContact.com. Okay, Scott, before we get into your prediction for the week, did you see that the University of Chicago did a study tracking COVID-19-related deaths in relation to Fox uh, News viewership? Did you see that? Yeah, but that's correlation, not causation. Well, we'll see. No, yeah. no, no. They were doing it. They researched yeah, COVID-19 I don't, I don't think listening, cases. Well, it's true. We said this, that listening. Uh, so the question there is, are you is listening to Hannity lower your fear resulting in, in reckless behavior that increases the likelihood of catching the virus? Or is it the fact that the people watch Fox tend to be um, older, 
have more com- comorbidities, live in regions that uh. they're not taking distancing as seriously. Well, no, what they compared Tucker Carlson watchers oh, really? and so they Sean Hannity watchers. Okay. Yes, so this is. So they watched Tucker Carlson, who comparatively came out with warnings. He did right. against coronavirus very early and very firmly and saying this is a really important thing you have to pay attention really to and not go out. And Sean That's Hannity, really and the study found that greater exposure to Hannity relative to Tucker Carlson tonight leads to greater number of COVID-19 cases and deaths. Right. Uh, it has not been, uh, it, I will make clear, it's not been peer-reviewed yet, but it's from a, a lot of economists I talked to told me it's a very good uh, study and it's interesting. So they did, they had a control room, speaking of Las Vegas. And so it's interesting. So I just want to say, anecdotally, I was correct with my mom. And I'm thinking of writing a, a, a sequel because it is impossible to get your mother out of a foxhole. The foxhole. It's imp- she literally was parroting some stuff about opening the country, and I, 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 w- I wanted to, to go down to, to, to uh, Florida and just bring her back here because it was really it was disturbing. Anyway, okay, Scott, um, time to get out of here. But I would like uh, some predictions before we go. Uh, my predict. Well, my predictions we've talked about. I think that PPP is going to end up being um, the real or one of the real scandals of this. I think it's absolutely. The amount of the amount of I won't call it fraud because the, the people aren't lying here because they don't need to lie. But the amount of waste, the the number of, of of the amount of capital, I mean, money money is just a transfer of work and time from other people to someone else. And when we mm-hmm. run up our deficit by six hundred billion dollars to flatten the curve of rich people, of which there are more wealthy people from small businesses in America than any other sector or cohort. And all of this money, or not all of it, 60 to 80% of it, we're going to find out, just flatten the curve for the people who are already rich. It's going to be the scandal economically of this bailout package. And then my second prediction is that the Indian market is going to outperform almost every market over the next nine months because there's going to be a frenzy of activity and also scrutiny. And finally, people are going to say, well, maybe India is the next China. Look what happened to the Chinese market through the 90s and the aughts. Let's start allocating some capital to Chinese tech stocks. You're going to see the Chinese, the Indian market uh, is going to outperform um, uh, its, right. peer, its peer group. All right. All right. And what about the Chinese market, since you mentioned them? Yeah, you know, that's an interesting... SEC's getting tough on them? It's interesting. There was some, you know, noise from the head of the SEC. And, I, it'll uh, be very interesting. China is such an impressive culture in terms of shareholder value. And, and it ends up that, to a certain extent, autocratic rule, it can be actually pretty good. Auto, uh, an autocracy combined with capitalism can actually be pretty effective. But... It'll be interesting because every board meeting I'm on, one of the top issues, we just keep talking about supply chain chain diversification, which is Latin for how do we get some of our manufacturing capacity out of China somewhere else? Yeah. Because whether yeah. it's tariffs or an RNA you know, f- virus, we're just too dependent upon this one place. Yeah, we're vulnerable. Yeah, we're, we're vulner- vulnerable. We're vulnerable. Absolutely, I agree. That's a really good point. All right, so that is your prediction. That yeah. is a good, that is a solid prediction. That is a, uh, I, I think mine that the mayor of, of Las Vegas will lose her job is, is Wait, probably Do you know when that election is? I don't know. I, don't, I think she's not really has many power. She doesn't have any power over the casinos. She doesn't seem to do Mostly anything. I think she's head. just a booster. She's a figurehead. But nonetheless, she should be gone. That was just a really appalling uh, uh, indictment of leadership, uh, of that interview, uh, uh, what, what what she was saying about being a control group. Would you like to be a control group, Scott? Depends what we're talking about. Why don't you be, why don't you be the control group for us? Why don't you? We will subject you to everything. And then I will have, you will At have the placebo. And I will have the actual correct drugs. So I will oh, 
I want to. I want to be the test group. Anyways, go no, ahead. no, you're the you're I'm the control, control group. group. You're the control group. In any well, case, you're the control um, freak. I'm the control group. <laughs> that is true. All right, Scott. Before we get out of here, you've requested an algebra of happiness moment because you felt we were dour last episode. What? What? It's a dour time. Yeah, I got depressed listening to our podcast. So, anyways, my algebra of happiness moment is the following. I, I love the the saying. I think I'm pretty sure it was Lennon who said that nothing can happen for decades, and then decades can happen in days. Oh, I think nice. that. I th- so if you think about who you are and your reputation, it's the sum of all your actions. And if you think of that being written in pencil on mm-hmm. everyone's perception of you, I think the indelible ink that goes over that tracing is how you behave in times like this. And whether it's our recognition of our military personnel, we give them medals in times of crisis, whether it's the most famous presidents or the most honored presidents are the ones who handled themselves well or acquitted themselves well during moments of crisis. I think all of us can take Um, lessons from that. And I've been talking about uh, spending a lot of time talking to companies about how they get off their heels and onto their toes and what do they do during a crisis. But I've been spending a lot of time thinking about, I think this is an extraordinary opportunity to have an outsized return on your efforts in terms of uh, strengthening and repairing relationships. And I think how you approach your relationships during this period will count as much or more than how you approach and repair relationships over the next several years. And that is if you I think this is an extraordinary opportunity. If for some reason you don't have a great relationship with your parents, I think this is an opportunity for repair. I think that there's people in your life that you want to have stronger relationships with, checking in, establishing uh, stronger bonds. I think this is a, an extraordinary opportunity to really get off your heels and onto your to- toes and both repair and strengthen your relationships. This I is- like that, Scott. Thank you. What are you going to do for me then? What do you, what do you- <laughs> I'm doing it. <laughs> I'm doing it. I'm making you the most I famous podcast the, the Amazon podcast of the year. How did that happen? Yeah. Podcast of the year. How no, did that, that was, happen? No, no, that was mine. Yeah, my it singular wasn't, it one. Wasn't your it, 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 it wasn't your interview with Chum and Papataya's assistant <laughs> no, no, that got no. you that. My singular one. Listen to me. Okay. Listen to me. Okay. I'm waiting for the Amazon yeah. delivery of your gift to me I now have to so improve given our relationship. at the office here. Oh my God. I feel like Anyways, I back to my Amazon delivery. This is an extraordinary opportunity. You're right. Yeah. I think it's also on the bigger side, it's, I think it's an opportunity for repair. And that is, I think this, if you look at the happiest people in the world, this, this virus, this virus shows us that life is finite. And if you want to be as happy as possible, it's all about one thing. It's about the depth and meaning of relationships. And the key to any long-term relationship is bringing a sense of forgiveness because you and your friends and your parents and your siblings at some point will screw up. So bring a sense of forgiveness and let's let's do some massive that repair. That is so sweet. I, you know, someone really was asking me what you're like, and I did say, you know, naughty, and I meant vulgar. But actually, <laughs> you're you're. I what I actually ended up saying is that you're a very soft-hearted man underneath. It's all it's an very act. Sweet. It's all an no, act. No, it's I all think for ratings. I think it's all to get you podcast of the year. I think the vulgar part. I no, think the vulgar real. part that's covers real. over the soft-hearted nature that you have. I agree with you. I I'm think like a bear correct. eating a, an igloo, crunchy on the outside, soft on the inside. Yes, that's okay. All right, we're gonna. We're gonna end that's on not that. vulgar. You immediately Ter- thought that was vulgar. I don't know what that's it is. It's, it's just you, bad. It's, it's just a bad. A bear is eating bad. an igloo. I hear you. Outside, I understand. And then it gets to the I know on the inside. That is a joke of twelve-year-olds the world over. No, that's Gary Larson. I know that, but yes, that's true. That's fair. That's a fair thing. But in any case, Scott. Thank you for that moment of beauty Gary, in, in, in a difficult time. And, you know, we'll try to have a laugh riot on Monday if we can. Anyway, if you don't forget, if you just join the news. If, if, First <laughs> lady of North Korea, the dog. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Listen, 
Don't forget, if there's a story in the news you're curious about and want to hear our opinion on, email us at pivot at voxmedia.com to be featured on the show. Scott, please read us out. Today's episode was produced by Rebecca Sinanis. Our executive producer is Erica Anderson. Special thanks to Drew Burrows and Rebecca Castro. If you like what you heard, please subscribe. Let's all take a moment and to, to take advantage of this exceptional opportunity to be generous and forgiving and repair relationships that mean a lot to us. Uh, we'll see you next week. More to-dos, less time, and an infinite number of tools to keep track of. Sometimes doing business has never felt harder, but you don't need a miracle to hit your goals. You can just use HubSpot because their all-in-one customer platform can make growing your business infinitely easier. Imagine this, high-quality leads, fast-closing deals, wildly happy customers, and more benchmark-breaking quarters. It's not a miracle, it's HubSpot. Visit HubSpot.com to get started today.